the Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Mark. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus and his disciples went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath he entered the synagogue and taught. And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one who had authority and not as the scribes. And immediately there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And they were all amazed, so that they questioned among themselves, saying, What is this, a new teaching? With authority he commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. And at once his fame spread everywhere throughout all the surrounding region of Galilee. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise be to you, Lord Christ. In the name of one God, who is the Father, and who is the Son, and who is the Holy Spirit. Amen. I remember years ago, um, when Paul and I, uh, my wife, we... Some of you may be, well, I know some of you are familiar and some not. We have a wonderful ministry um, called the Advent House, and it's a, it's a ministry of prayer. It's a place where you can go um, to receive prayers for yourself or uh, for someone else, uh, you name it. It's a, it's a wonderful place of, of encouragement, uh, a real sense of God um, speaking to you and God genuinely knowing about you and what's going on in your life and just a real gift and a real encouragement. It was the first time that Paul and I had gone to the Advent House and Peter and Janice Newton were the people that um, started the whole Advent House prayer ministry. And I remember as they were describing how it would, how it would work and they said, well, you know, as, as we're praying for you, uh, if we feel so moved to, to lay hands on you as, as we pray for you, is that okay? And Paul said, maybe. Uh, it was kind of like, you know, <laughs> We'll, we'll, we'll see. Um, if this is freaky, no. Um, if this is okay, then, then yes. And it turned out to be decidedly not freaky um, and, and decidedly um, wonderful and, and a real gift uh, from God. But I, I share all that with you because uh, I still, that just strikes me as funny, uh, wonderfully honest. Um, you know, I'm going to reserve judgment until I, until I sort of see, um, until I listen to you a little more, until I also sort of see um, your actions, and then I'll let you know what I think and whether I think it's okay. And, and the reason I, I share all that with you, because one of the things um, that we see in the gospel uh, before us this evening is uh, we see Jesus being revealed to the people by what he says, uh, and also Jesus being revealed to the people by what he does. Uh, and we hear that they are initially amazed because his teaching is so dramatically different uh, than the scribes. In that, in that time, the synagogue was a place um, not, a sa- not of sacrifice. That was the temple. The synagogue was a place where they would, uh, the people would gather um, for worship, and different people would expound the scriptures within that um, particular context. And we see that Jesus comes, and he does just that. And, and immediately, they notice something dramatically different um, about his teaching, uh, different than the scribes, the, the legal experts. You know, that was fabulous. They could quote chapter Uh, and verse, but there was something about Jesus. There was a power, there was an authority which went forth as he taught, which was unmistakable. And interestingly, one of the things that we see here in this particular portion, which we've just read, but not just here, it's something which goes throughout Mark's gospel. It's often 
um, the outsiders who see and recognize first who Jesus is. Uh, and in this instance, we hear uh, that it's a man uh, with an unclean spirit there in the midst of worship. And we might think, well, it's the first time the Holy Spirit was there for worship. Um, and so is that uh, the presence of God is there um, in the worship. We see the Spirit and this person um, reacts uh, unmistakably recognizing um, the power and the authority of God uh, in their presence, in um, their very midst. And we see uh, the authority of Jesus uh, as he casts out um, this spirit. And one of the things I want to share with you is, is this. One of the things that we see, not only beginning here, but, but throughout, we see um, the character of God in so many different ways. And the character of God is not just sort of one-dimensional. It's, it's multifaceted. Uh, and certainly we see an experience in the character of God. Um, so often we experience encouragement um, in our lives. Uh, and so often um, we experience assurance um, in our lives. And, and often we experience God strengthening us uh, and, and sometimes more than just strengthening us, carrying us through times and periods which He can't strengthen us enough. He simply has to come in and, and carry us um, through that time, but we also see that in the love and the grace and the mercy of God, He assures and He strengthens and He comforts, but we also see um, the Spirit of God and the power of God confronts uh, as well. Uh, and we see uh, with the man with the unclean spirit, the recognition of that unclean spirit, that this is one who's come um, not simply um, to be here, but to confront um, and to drive out for the reason that you and I might be freed. Uh, and the way that God confronts is, is obviously so much more wonderful than the way that you and I confront. Um, I don't know about your confrontation skills. Um, I'm much better in my mind um, than, in, than in practice, but, but more often than not, it, it doesn't go well. Um, and not only that, more often than not, there's all sorts of various sort of motives and emotions which are wrapped up um, in that. It's not pure, it's not simple, it's not um, clean, but we see it's entirely different uh, with God. And we see it's entirely different with the purposes of God. Jesus comes um, to confront um, the powers of evil. He comes to confront the powers uh, of sin and death. And, and he comes to confront those things, not just in those people out there, but within yours and my hearts and minds and lives as well. The idols um, which are in our hearts and in our minds and in our lives. He comes to reveal and to confront those in our lives, not because um, he is um, the divine killjoy, um, but because he's the one who's come to bring life. Uh, and he recognizes the things that enslave us. He recognizes the things that entrap us. And he comes um, that we might be free. Uh, and as he reveals those things to us, uh, as he confronts those things in yours and my life, we can actually be grateful um, for that. Because again, the reason he confronts it is in order that we might not be enslaved by it, but that we might be delivered by it. Years ago, I remember hearing a teaching uh, from one of my friends, and he is one of those... Um, uh, in, in the best possible way, he's disarmingly honest um, ab about his strengths and weaknesses, about his sins and shortcomings and, and failures. And he was talking um, to a group of people about a particular area of, of sin in his life that had been uh, something which had challenged him uh, from an early age and something that he continued to wrestle with, something that he wrestles with um, to this day. But one of the things that he said in the midst of talking about that which was fascinating to me was this. He said, you know, for years, uh, I had the impression um, that Jesus was sufficient for salvation. Um, he was sufficient to come and uh, extend to me 
through his cross and through his resurrection, the forgiveness of my sins and, and give me the promise of everlasting life. But this is what he said that I thought was so right and so insightful and something that we can so often miss. He said, but you know, um, for years, uh, I missed the reality that the power of Jesus's blood could speak to this particular struggle in my life as well. Um, that it was very much um, um, the power for salvation, but also a power to address um, the particular sins uh, and challenges uh, and idols in our lives, uh, not only um, to confront them, um, but the power to deliver us from those as well. Not that we're suddenly perfect uh, and on easy street and we never struggle again, but that power has power for salvation, but it always ha- also has power um, for here and now to confront uh, and to drive out in our lives the things which would bind us and draw us uh, from God. One uh, final story I want to share with you. I know I've shared it um, before, but it's Super Bowl Sunday. So, you know, it's not, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a small group. Uh, you may or may not remember, but it's one of those things that uh, particularly stands out in my memory because I went to uh, a military college, an all-male military college. And as you might imagine, uh, you put a bunch of 18 to 22-year-old guys together uh, and you see um, and you give them authority um, and you see a lot of abuse um, of authority. And occasionally you see good leadership, uh, occasionally see sort of the right um, exercise of it. But more often than not, it was a great um, learning experience of what not to do um, when, uh, when you have authority over um, other people. But there was one of my professors, Dr. Tucker, and Dr. Tucker was a, a great guy. He was the uh, chair of the English department. And he came in one day to class and he put papers on the front of each desk and they came back to us. And of course, we thought it's an assignment, it's a quiz, it's a it's a test, uh, but as we all received the letter, what it was was an apology, uh, and it was an apology. Uh, he was apologizing, and I still remember the receipts for his lack uh, of organization and poverty of inspiration. Um, and he said, you know, gentlemen, he said, uh, he said, I've been spread too thin. Uh, and he says, in trying to be all things to all people, it's possible to become useful to none. Um, And and I remember that so um, very well because, uh, you know, here was the man in authority. Uh, He was the man in authority in that particular context. Uh, He was the man uh, in authority in that particular room. Uh, And the way that he used his authority was dramatically different. Uh, And it was a way that just sort of opened um, our eyes. And it was a way that uh, that opened um, our hearts. And, And I would say to you, he had plenty of authority before, but in my mind and my heart, he had a lot more authority after that particular moment um, than he did before um, in his honesty and his um, humility and his desire to seek us uh, and his desire to speak to us uh, in that particular class. Uh, There was something so phenomenally powerful about that. And the reason I I share all that with you as we draw this uh, time of reflection to a close is for this reason. We see um, in Jesus the promise fulfilled that we heard um, in our first lesson from Deuteronomy. The people said, you know, God, it's too much for us when you speak to us from the mountain. Um, it scares us silly, uh, is in essence what they said. Can you send us another messenger that's, that's less intimidating? Um, we want you to speak to us, but, but that's just too much um, for us. Your holiness and your power and your might are more than we can handle. Uh, and we see the fulfillment of that um, in Jesus, that God comes with both the, the all authority of heaven and earth um, to drive out um, the evil spirits, all authority of heaven and earth to make us free and deliver us. But we see that power and that authority also combined with a gentleness and a humility and a compassion um, that you and I might be one 
um, by him, that you and I might be people who are strengthened, who are restored, who receive life by the way that he is able to demonstrate his power most unmistakably. Yes, certainly in driving out demons, but unmistakably in the way that he lays down his life willingly and the way that he takes it up again uh, in the resurrection, um, that you and I might be people who know there is one to whom we can turn um, for life now uh, and also life to come, one whose authority um, will never mislead us, will never um, abuse us, will always guide us rightly. Uh, and as we hear that, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we give thanks and praise that you come forth uh, in both might and mercy, and that you uh, give us assurance, you give us comfort, but you also confront the sins and idols and idolatries of our lives. I pray, most gracious God, that by the work of your Holy Spirit, you would draw our hearts and minds to you, uh, knowing that even before that, you first seek and come to us. Uh, free us, most gracious God, that we might be fully yours, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.